This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Friends, welcome to Sunday Worship. It's good to meet together like this from wherever you are on this new day. My name is Mark Sawyer. I'm an officer in the Salvation Army and currently my wife Andrea and I are the Territorial Candidates Directors for the UK and Ireland Territory. We work from the William Booth College, which is where I'm speaking from. In fact, we even live here. It's wonderful to be able to worship together on this Candidate Sunday, which I'll say more about later. I said earlier, this is a new day. Every day is a precious gift for us to enjoy, to unwrap a gift from God to experience. Every day is the world made new, which brings about a new opportunity, a new beginning and a new start for all of us. We've just sung Lost in Wonder, Love and Praise. Here's the paradox. When, when, when you're lost in God's eternal wonder, love and praise, you're found. So friends, here's my advice. Get lost. <laughs> I, I bet you've never been told that in a worship meeting before. Get lost in the love of Jesus and you'll be found. Found, loved, valued and cherished by the God who placed the stars in space and he has plans for you. If God had a wallet, your photograph would be tucked inside. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on the door attached with a magnet. He could have chosen to live anywhere in the universe, yet he chose your heart. That's a great reason to give him praise and thanks today. So let me pray with you and then we'll share the Lord's Prayer. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to talk to you in prayer, joined with others who are listening and sharing in this service. Thank you for your divine love, which we've just sung about, a love which holds us close and protects and guides and leads us and helps us to follow the way you've planned, the design for our lives. Thank you that you do not leave us to struggle through life alone, but you've gifted us with your presence, that joy of heaven to earth come down that again we've just been singing about, your presence with us day by day, moment by moment. Today on this Candidate Sunday, we pray for all Salvation Army officers, territorial envoys, spiritual leaders in the Salvation Army. God bless them with all they need to encourage, inspire others, to discern your will, to teach and empower men and women, boys and girls on their spiritual journey, and to be people of faith and vision. Lord, give us boldness and courage so that we can play our part in making a difference for you here on planet Earth. And we make this prayer in the precious living name of Jesus Christ, who, when he walked this earth, taught us to say and to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen is a great word. It, it means so be it, Lord. I confirm with my whole being, sealed in trust, yes. And we've just agreed in prayer, which binds us together in the love of God. God is calling people today. I firmly believe that. Calling people to Salvation Army officership or territorial envoyship. Why? Because people are telling me. The last three years have been tough, haven't they? COVID-19 affected so many all over the world in all kinds of ways. In the UK, as in many parts of the Salvation Army world, because of COVID, people seem to put on hold making decisions or planning or thinking about the future. They just wanted to get through a global pandemic. 
In terms of those coming as cadets to the William Booth College, um, generally you go back two years from when they arrive. That's when the interviews, the discussions, the, the process started. And for us in the Salvation Army, this means that we will have a smaller number of cadets this year in September. But that's mirrored in all parts of the world and in other denominations too. But coming out of COVID caused people to think about what's really important, to make adjustments, to, to get a different perspective. And questions were asked, what am I doing with my life? Should I take a change of direction? Is there something else for me, for us to do? What am I doing on earth or what on earth am I doing? My wife, Andrea, and I have had lots of conversations with people in the Salvation Army about officership, and we passionately believe that in 2024 and the years um, after that, we will see people responding to the call of God to become leaders in the Salvation Army. That's good news, and that's exciting. Please pray for all who seek God's will and purpose in these days. And of course, that includes each one of you hearing this today. In a moment, we're going to hear from Bethany Perkins. She's a cadet here at the William Booth College with her husband, David, and their beautiful little son, Levi, who's full of life and energy and brings so much joy to the college. Bethany and David are members of the Defenders of Justice session, and they went into training from Staines. So, friends, we're going to hear a scripture that Beth will unpack later. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Here is the word of God. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. 
Here is the word of God. Did you watch this season's The Apprentice on BBC One? It's one of those Marmite TV shows that divides the nation, isn't it? We watch in amusement and sometimes in horror as the contestants boast and battle it out against each other on various tasks. Each week we watch Alan Sugar fire someone until he finally utters his famous words, you're hired, and changes one of their lives forever. I'm grateful God doesn't call us to follow him in anything like this way. For example, could you imagine if Jesus had chosen his apostles through a similar process? There'd be James and John bickering over who would be project manager, Thomas doubting whether or not his team actually won the task, and Judas in the corner fixing the numbers. None of them had the CV or the job experience to follow him as disciples, and yet Jesus saw beyond this and looked to their hearts and said simply, follow me. In fact, throughout the biblical narrative, we see God choosing unexpected people to perform his will and purpose in the world. Perhaps one of the most unexpected heroes of the Bible was King David. Early in Israel's history, we see God bring the nation out of slavery in Egypt. Then they wander in the desert for 40 years until they finally enter the promised land. Originally, it was God's plan that they should follow his law given to Moses and live in community together. But in 1 Samuel 8 verse 4, we see the people ask for a king so that they can be like the other nations around them. We see that Saul was the first king of Israel, but he was half-hearted in following God's law and became swayed by other earthly temptations. Eventually, in 1 Samuel 15.35, it says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel, as he had turned from God and led his people astray. So we're left asking, who will take his place? And we read on into 1 Samuel 16, and here enters King David. So first, it might sound obvious, but in David, we see that God chooses and uses people to build his kingdom. David was the king sought after and chosen according to God's criteria, not the people's. Verse 1 reads, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Another translation might be, I've provided for myself a king among his sons. Throughout the Bible, we see that God chooses people to carry out his mission here on earth. First, he chooses Abraham and Sarah, and through them, the nation of Israel. And then in Jesus, we see God's plan expand so that everyone is now part of his chosen group of people. And we all have the privilege of being God's chosen means for telling others about him and transforming the world into what he wants it to be. John 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. When God finally chooses David as king in this passage, in verse 12, he says, This is the one. It's the you're hired moment in The Apprentice. But unlike the good-looking, overconfident and bragging contestants we see on TV, here God chooses the most unlikely of characters. And that's because second, we see that God looks at the heart. I've always wondered, why didn't God just tell Samuel to go and anoint David straight away? Why did he keep it so vague and say, one of Jesse's sons? God is using this situation to make a point about the type of person he chooses as leader. 
In this chapter, we're given two character descriptions or mugshots of the two kings, Saul versus David. Many other ways David is described is the opposite to what we know about Saul. We read that Saul was tall. It says that he was head and shoulders above the rest. Samuel is understandably looking to anoint someone who was like Saul, perhaps one of David's older and taller brothers. In fact, Samuel sees seven brothers, and that's the number associated with completeness in the Bible. It's as if his search has ended. David was such an unlikely choice, they didn't even bother getting him in from the field to meet Samuel. But though he was physically much smaller, this is when we see a difference in Saul and David's state of heart. That is his will, character, motives and conscience. As we've seen, Saul only followed God half-heartedly and often acted on his own. He was jealous, impulsive and actively disobeyed God on occasions. But David is referred to in 1 Samuel 13 as a man after God's own heart. We see throughout David's story that he is a king who will follow God's commands. There will be times when he gets it wrong and disobeys God and there will be consequences for this. But overall, he will be the king who follows God wholeheartedly. Verse 7 then outlines for us the key message of the whole story. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we have modern phrases for this, don't we? Like, looks can be deceiving, or don't judge a book by its cover. They're easy to say, but much harder to do, and we often get it wrong, don't we? Sometimes when judging other people, but perhaps also when we're judging ourselves. Finally then, we see that God equips us for every task by his Holy Spirit. Surely David must have felt a degree of imposter syndrome in this situation. But here is where we read that being God's apprentice varies greatly from being Alan Sugar's. We read in verse 13 that David here was anointed by oil and by the Spirit in power. The message says, like a rush of wind, and it remained with him from that day on. By anointing David with oil, Samuel was both symbolizing God's choosing of David as king and demonstrating a covenant relationship between the two of them. In the New Testament, we see this same Holy Spirit coming with power on the disciples at Pentecost. This spirit is the same one which we can receive today and which will live in us. It will help us to develop a more Christ-like character through the fruit of the spirit. And it will also equip us with the gifts of the spirit to bridge the gap for us when we are unable to do something ourselves. Sometimes God can ask things of us that we do not feel capable of or competent for. I can definitely testify to this in my calling to officership. But we must not believe the lie that God can't use us or that we are somehow disqualified from his service, either due to our age, gender, sexuality, physicality, our learning style, health concerns, our financial capacity or because of anything within our past. It has been said that while our strengths and our abilities make us useful, it is our weaknesses that make us usable. Or, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So just like King David, God chooses you, God looks at your heart, 
and God will equip you with his Holy Spirit, God looks you in the eye and says, you're hired, follow me. Thank you, Bethany, for that blessing, for that encouragement and challenge. Friends, did you get the message? You're hired. God can use you. 
And that song helped us, didn't it, to respond. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Amen. Friends, if you're called to be a teacher and you become a Salvation Army officer, you're missing out on the highest calling on your life. If you're called to be a Salvation Army officer and you become a doctor or a lawyer or or a manager in a store or an estate agent or a gardener or a footballer, you're missing out on the highest calling. You're called to be a Salvation Army officer. I do believe Jesus is calling people today and says, leave that, whatever that means for you, and follow me. So I hope this service has helped us all to trust him, to take a step of faith. After all, he does know best. If your heart's been stirred about leadership, officership in the Salvation Army, do talk to your Corps officer. Contact your divisional headquarters or contact us at the Candidates Unit here at the William Booth College. Our email is vocation at salvationarmy.org.uk. That's vocation at salvationarmy.org.uk. It would be lovely to hear from you. Let's pray together with a benediction. May the Father's hand keep you from stumbling. May the footprints of Jesus give you confidence to follow. And may the fire of the Spirit keep you warm and safe on your journey with God, today and forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. Be kind to yourself, that's important, and keep shining.